Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles will show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, you just swap them out for more new-to-use styles. Since having kids, I have kind of lost my personal style and I'm using Armoire to help me find it again while trying out different brands and styles without having to add more physical stuff to my wardrobe. And I have a few events that are coming up that I know I am going to want some fancier items to wear than the items that I own. And I don't really want to go shopping for items that are going to sit in my closet without being worn after that one day. I hate the waste that that creates and I love that Armoire allows you to rent high quality designer clothing for any occasion and then send it back. I'm just really grateful that I have Armoire to help me dress for the occasion without having to add something to my closet permanently that I know I'm only gonna be wearing once. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armwire.style slash minimalish. That's armwire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash minimalish to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armwire today. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. You're listening to Minimalish, a podcast where we talk about simplifying our stuff, our lives, our motherhood, all in a realistic way so that we can make room for what matters. We're not here for perfectly tidy homes or seeing how much we can possibly declutter. We're here for living with less. Realistically, it's going to look different for all of us, but we're not really focused on how our version of minimalism looks anyways. We're focused on how it feels. I'm your host, Desiree. I'm a mom to two and on my own journey of living with a little less clutter so I can have more space for an intentional life. I'm no expert and I like to think of this as a corner of the internet where we're learning and growing together. So let's walk towards a more simple and intentional life. Here's this week's episode. Welcome back to Minimalish. Today, we are going to talk about consumerism. We are going to talk about our habits and how we consume things, impulse shopping, excessive overbuying, buying things we don't need, hitting the checkout button online day after day after day, adding things to our Amazon carts, going into Target and just putting a bunch of stuff we don't need in our carts. If any of those things describe you, you are not alone. This is very common. And if none of those describe you, then that's great too. This might just be a conversation that is interesting and important to you in general. 
But today what I hope by the end of this episode is you'll walk out of here, walk, walk out of here. I don't know where you are right now, but you will leave this episode with tools to change some of your habits around the way that you consume things or even just evaluate the way that you consume things and kind of realign that to what your values are. I hope this episode will give you an awareness of what types of things tempt you to impulse buy and impulse shop and then help you kind of realign the way that you consume content online or the positions that you put yourself in so that you can slowly but surely change those habits. We're also going to talk about some challenges that we can do to just help us become even more conscious consumers this year. But before we dig into kind of the action items on today's episode, I want to tell you the backstory of why we're talking about this. Because with this backstory, I do think that it gives us a really good look into like how prevalent overconsumption of just random stuff that we don't need is in our culture and why, why that's the case. And then we're going to talk about why we'd want to even change that in the first place. Which, if you're here, if you are listening to a podcast about minimalism, if you click this episode about consumerism, then you probably do want to change in some way or another, or this is an important topic to you already. So you probably already have a why, but we'll dig into that in a little bit. Let's just start with me telling you why we're talking about this, because I was not going to talk about this this week. This was not my set topic, but I changed my mind because earlier this week I posted kind of just a silly reel talking about the Stanley Cup. Now, when I say Stanley Cup, a lot of people think I'm talking about that, like the hockey championship cup um, for, I think, the U.S. and Canada. I don't know if there's Stanley Cups elsewhere in the world, but uh, that's what a lot of people think when they hear Stanley Cup. And every time I say it, that's what I'm thinking as well. But that's not what I'm talking about. I am talking about a trendy reusable stainless steel water bottle. And why are we talking about this? Well, some of the conversations that I have had on the reel that I posted about this water bottle really made me want to talk about this topic of consumerism and just buying a bunch of stuff we don't need. So the episode is not about this Stanley water bottle, but we're going to talk about it for just a little bit here because it's going to be an example for why we feel the temptation to buy things that we don't necessarily need and buy them in excess. Because it's it's not bad to buy things that we don't need. I mean, there are different levels of minimalism and some people will say like there's no reason to buy absolutely anything that you don't need. But that is not my brand of minimalism. I am very far from that version of a minimalist. I find joy from buying a new thing from time to time, like stuff, new stuff, I acknowledge that it can bring value to our lives and it can bring happiness. It is fleeting happiness. It's not like the deep lasting kind of happiness. But there are reasons to buy things that we don't absolutely need. For example, I just the other day, I bought a new like hand, I don't know, milk frother. I don't even know what to call it. Um, But it's like you press, you hold it in your hand, you press the button and it has like a little whisk, motorized whisk at the bottom. And I bought this for, I put collagen in my coffee. And my old one broke like months ago. And I just was not buying a new one at the time. So I've been 
I've been mixing my collagen with a fork <laughs> and like trying to whisk it in with a fork. And uh, my whisk, like the type of whisk I have doesn't really work. I tried that too. The fork didn't really work. I'd be like spooning clumps of collagen that wouldn't mix out of it. But I stayed like that for a while because I just, I don't know, I never really got around to buying another one. I just bought one. Um, it was $7 on Amazon. And so that is something like I didn't really need that, but it does add value to my day. I use it daily. It is useful to me. Um, it might be like a small luxury because I don't actually need it. I could mix my stuff in a different way, but that, that's just an example. Like one example, clothes are another example. I do like getting new clothes, but I, that's an example of like an area in life where I used to impulse buy things very badly. So I have had to really rein that in. And in today's episode, I hope that any category like that for you, this episode will give you the tools to rein it in. All right. I went on a, on a rabbit trail there, but I hope it was a helpful one. So I'm coming back to this idea that this Stanley Cup, this conversation on the Stanley water bottle, the trendy water bottle that I was having online, really became a good example for me of this idea of buying in excess, buying things we don't need, and feeling the need to buy things that we already have a perfectly acceptable version of it at home. So... When it comes to the Stanley Cup, before I dig into what I said on the reel, the story of the cup, why is this so trendy? Why are people flocking to stores to try to get their hands on these Stanley Cups? Before I dig into all of that, if you have a Stanley and you love it, then that's wonderful. I think that it is a useful item to have a reusable water bottle that keeps water cold and helps you hydrate throughout the day. I personally really do enjoy reusable water bottles. I've always loved them. Like I always want the best one, which is another kind of mindset that gets us into overbuying things. And so I've had to limit myself in this water bottle area. So there is no shame in this conversation today in any area. There's absolutely no shame, but there's no shame to the person who wants to buy a Stanley water bottle. My reel on Instagram, what I said was that I don't think the Stanley is a good water bottle. I bought one over a year and a half ago and it spills anytime it's tipped over and it's top heavy. So that's what I was kind of talking about in my reel and being silly about it of just this idea that why is this water bottle still trendy? Because it's been the water bottle, like the water bottle to get for well over a year now, probably close to two years. And when I finally broke down and bought one, I was very disappointed with my purchase. Now, if you love yours, that's great. Maybe you don't spill things as much as I do. Mine is constantly spilled in my house if I'm using it. So with that said, <laughs> this is not about shaming you for enjoying and liking the Stanley. Okay, we're talking about like cultural phenomenons and impulse buying and excessive consumption of things. So let's talk about why the Stanley is a good example of this. So Stanley is actually a 111-year-old company. They have like marketed to anywhere from soldiers to like the working class to, I don't know. I remember my husband getting a Stanley as a gift seven years ago from a student of his. 
and it was a um, thermos, and he used it for coffee. So Stanley has been around well more than seven years ago. <laughs> it's been around 111 years, and they have all kinds of different products. And they market their products as durable and quality, can hold up to anything. So this 40-ounce quencher, adventure quencher, it has a handle. It can fit into your car's cup holders. It keeps water cold or hot drinks hot. And I was looking into the story because if I was going to do this episode and talk about the Stanley, then I needed to figure out why this water bottle is trendy and why it's like a craze that people are buying them secondhand for like hundreds of dollars, maybe just a hundred. They're buying them over their market value because they want them so badly. So why is this happening? I looked at a couple of different articles and I kind of felt confused in the end. But the basics are that influencers, Instagram, um, actually TikTok, not Instagram, is what made this Tumblr famous from the start. Now, probably other social media has played a role since. But what I read from an article on Vox, and I can link the article, is that it was popularized by Water Talk, which if you're not on TikTok, that probably sounds so confusing. But I, I feel like from what I understand on TikTok, there's like different communities within TikTok, like book talk or minimalism talk. I don't know if that's a thing, but book talk is definitely a thing. Um, water talk is a side of TikTok where people spruce up their water to make it taste not like water, I guess. So like using different combinations, whether it's like fruit infusions or using like crystal light packets, things that flavor your water, basically. So this is a whole side of TikTok that people share what they're putting in their water to make it taste less watery. <laughs> and there's a very popular water talk influencer, apparently who had made her water in a Stanley quencher and continually makes her water in a Stanley quencher cup. And the bottle itself caught on from there. I don't know if that's the real story. I don't know if that's where it started. I have no idea. I don't know if Stanley had like a huge marketing plan in place before this all started or if it just happened to be that they created an aesthetically pleasing water bottle and it took off from there because people were sharing this water bottle on TikTok. So again, this has been for well over a year that this has been the trending water bottle kind of like a fashion accessory. It is the thing to be able to carry one of these around, like a purse almost, but all you're carrying in it is water, obviously. Um, I think what happened recently, this is just my theory, and over from what I read kind of got this vibe, that more recently the younger crowd kind of caught on to the Stanley. So like, I don't know, preteens, teenagers, they also wanted a Stanley. So with that said, it was like a major it gift of the holiday season in 2023. So then the cycle continued. Because when I bought a Stanley over a year ago, I thought for sure this cup was on its way out. This was not going to be a trend for long because of how much it spills. It's still a trend. And it seems to have gotten even more of a trend since then, which I feel like that's a very long time to have the same water bottle as like the it water bottle. It's kind of funny even saying that, that there is an it water bottle, like that that's even a thing, but it is. Here's the thing. 
the water bottle is pretty. And that's the appeal of the Stanley and why it caught on like wildfire from social media is that it is beautiful and it comes in beautiful colors and designs. And Stanley makes limited edition drops of certain colors. And this is what has people flocking to stores more over and over again. Right now, or I don't know when it came out, but there's like a Valentine's Day drop in collaboration with Target or maybe Starbucks. I don't know who, I don't really understand, but it's in collaboration with either Target or Starbucks. But either way, red and pink cups are what comes with this limited edition drop. So people have flocked to the stores for these. People have bought them in excess so that they can resell them. I think Target in some places like has a limit of how many of them that you can buy so that that's not happening as much. So there's a lot of memes out there on the internet talking about how, you know, you can have financial security or you can have a $50 water bottle. And like a lot of shaming around this water bottle being a craze. And some of them are silly and some of them seem like shameful. But my reel was simply about not shaming the person who wants a nice quality reusable water bottle, but instead shaming the water bottle that spills everywhere because it has been very disappointing to me. But the interesting thing that stemmed from that reel are conversations on excess consumption. One comment, and there were a few comments like this from Meg1620. Uh, so Meg, thanks for this comment because it really did help inspire this episode. It's not having a Stanley. It's clearing off the shelves when people doing so have at least one at home already when this product is actually reusable. So that comment and a couple of others that just kind of mentioned that the consumerism around this product is just kind of crazy. Those comments made me want to talk about it because really this is not a new concept. This happens with other products out there. It's not as common that something comes such a craze that it's like people are bothering store employees to find out when more come out and things like that. It, it's not as common, but it does happen. But the whole idea is the way that these Stanleys are marketed, these limited edition drops, they make people feel like they need more colors of this item that is meant to be a reusable, indestructible item. So why would we need more than one or, or maybe two if you want to use it daily and you want to have one to like rotate out if one is dirty, whatever. But this mindset, it's almost like a scarcity mindset, which leads people to hoard things, right? So a scarcity mindset leads people to, to keep things around, to hoard things. A scarcity mindset in marketing, the way that they market these Stanley Cups and saying that it's, you know, a limited edition color, limited edition drop, and then pair that with it being kind of like a status symbol almost or an accessory that is trendy, this leads to people feeling like I need more of one more than one of them or I need this new color. It almost feels like this water bottle is going to add value to who you are and maybe that's reading into it a little bit too much. But I do think it's getting at something deeper and it's not about the cup at all. If you're looking for a way to simplify your meal planning this year, but still eat healthy, delicious meals, my favorite way to do all of the above is to lean on Green Chef to take the guesswork out of so much of the process. 
Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans that fit every lifestyle, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals. Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences, and they deliver whole foods straight to your door. They're committed to providing a holistic approach to nutrition by offering meals that contribute to the overall well-being of your entire body. I also love that with Green Chef, you're getting farm-fresh ingredients, organic fruits and vegetables, and premium proteins every single time, all within seasonally inspired recipes where you can truly taste the freshness of every season. And if you have any goals this year that involve cleaning up the way that you eat, you can easily build healthy habits with nutritious recipes from Green Chef. Every time we get a Green Chef box, we love every single meal. It truly never fails. In our most recent box, I was really surprised that my favorite meal was actually pork chops and Swiss cheese over mashed cauliflower, which was also paired with green beans. And I'm not usually a fan of pork chops or mashed cauliflower, but I'm just amazed at how Green Chef, it makes me a better home chef, and it gets me trying things that I'm not apt to try, recipes that I typically wouldn't seek out on the internet. With Green Chef, I'm always trying something new, and I'm always pleasantly surprised. So you can try Green Chef for a discount today. Get the number one meal kit for eating well. Go to greenchef.com slash minimalish60 and use code 60minimalish to get 60% off plus 20% off your next two months. So that's greenchef.com slash 60minimalish and use code 60minimalish to get 60% off plus 20% off your next two months. This type of mindset leads to clutter, needing every color of something or every limited edition design of something. And this conversation can lead us down so many different paths and so many rabbit holes, but one that I do want to go down is influencer culture and the temptation to buy things that we don't need and that we can't afford. I am not immune to this, and in ways I participate in influencer culture because I don't consider myself an influencer, really. I don't dedicate a lot of my time to like finding products on social and promoting them on social media. I don't do that. But I do have ads on my podcast. So in a way, that is using brand marketing to be able to make a living and provide for my family. And I don't think that influencing and influencers are innately wrong. I, like I said, I've made a conscious decision to partner with brands, um, specific brands, to be able to provide for my family. And in a lot of ways, that's what a lot of Instagram influencers or TikTok influencers or whatever, that's what they are doing too. And it is a female-heavy career. And I think it's really great that it gives a lot of women a way to do that, to make a living, while also raising kids at home. So in a lot of ways, I see the good in influencing. But like anything in life, it can turn bad, right? So it, it's not like there, there's a line, basically. Influencing influencers are not bad, but there's a line to where it can be very excessive. And there are definitely influences that are out there that are buying loads and loads of items that they're not actually going to use just to try them on to make a reel or post of some sort. And then making a cut of the proceeds by sharing a link. And that's just like a vicious cycle. It creates excess consumption because 
the viewer then feels like they need this item. And then also this person is like buying things that they're just going to discard. And I think of like the fashion influencers a lot um, are ones that I often see doing this. And again, absolutely, you know, no shame. I look up the fashion influencers from time to time if I need something specific, like a bathing suit or a dress for a wedding and I'm just not sure how to shop anymore (laughs) or where to go to shop. But I know myself and I know that I cannot just be following these fashion influencers casually and not end up buying stuff that I don't need. Because I think I mentioned at the very beginning of this episode that clothing items used to be a very much like an impulse buy issue for me. So I have had to work on that. And so I can't really just casually follow a fashion influencer. But the thing is, whether you think the influencer is in the wrong or not, which I think that probably has a lot of nuance to it and would be an influencer by influencer basis, right? Really, it is the consumer that has the power. It's us that has the power. And we could get into a debate about that, I'm sure. But I think we would find it much more productive to just take things into our own hands and remind ourselves that we do have control and we can reshape our habits and we can reshape the way that we act when we see an ad on social media. So how can we be conscious consumers in the influencer world? That's in a nutshell. That's what today's episode is about. And I know we talked about that Stanley story for a long time, but it really is interesting to to dive into the details of how something becomes this craze that like people have to have it. They feel like they have to have it. And it's an item that really is meant to be like reusable and indestructible. And yet you feel like you have to have multiple of them. When you hear the word conscious consumer, you might typically think of things like um, changing where we buy our things from, like learning the backside of a company, kind of like the sustainability and zero waste aspect of how we consume things. But that's not really what we're talking about today. Um, Those are important things too. But I think the most effective step into becoming a more conscious consumer is to think before we buy. It can feel really overwhelming to say, like, I want to be a more conscious consumer. And then you get into that side of the Internet and then you feel like, oh, my gosh, now I'm not allowed to use paper towels anymore. Like what? How (laughs) how did this go from this to this? And while it might eventually you might get to those points where you're like deeper into it and you are more able to be more and more conscious about the way you buy things and the way you use things. What if we just started (laughs) by changing the way that we consume things and just think before we buy things. So there are messages all over the place saying buy, buy, buy all around us. And I realize that this can be really difficult to think before we buy when we are surrounded by it. So the first step for me is to know about myself. And I think that's the first step for anyone is to just know who we are and how we consume. First, it's important to know why you want to be a more conscious consumer. Okay, so this conversation, overarchingly, it is important to buy less stuff and not overconsume things and not buy a bunch of stuff we don't need. Like we all kind of come at it from a place where 
if you're here listening to a podcast on minimalism, then you probably believe that excess stuff causes clutter. Um, you probably believe that overconsumption is harmful in multitude of ways. And maybe even this topic is important to you for financial purposes as well. So why is this important to you? Why do you want to change the rate at which you consume things and bring things into your home? Maybe you've already changed it. It's good to get a refresher on it. I think if this has been a habit in your past, it's easy to have lapses and it's easy to go back to old habits. So why? Go back to your why. Why do I want to be a more conscious consumer and think before I buy? The second question to help us know ourselves and understand the way that we consume is to think about how we behave when we are about to buy something or are tempted to buy something. What gets you there? So how do you behave when you're on social media um, and you see an ad? Do you click on ads? Do you click on links that people are sharing about their products? Like even if it's a link that for something that you know you have no actual need for it in your life right now, it's not something you were planning to buy, it's not a version of something that you've been looking for. If you see a link that has nothing to do with something that you have been thinking about buying anyways, how do you behave? Do you click on it? Do you casually just click what influencers share just because it looks nice? When you're online and you see an email about a sale at your favorite store, when you're at Target to get something specific, do you end up with a full cart? Do you impulse buy? Is that a struggle for you? So how do you behave when you see or hear an ad of any sort? For me, if I like see an ad on the TV or hear one on a podcast, it is easier for me to think before I would make a move on that. But if I'm at Target or I am at a store looking for something specific and I see something else that diverts my attention, it's a little harder for me to make that decision to say, I don't need that right now. And if I'm on social media and I see something that, oh, someone's talking about how it adds value to their life, or if I am on my email and a store I like sends out a sale email, it's so easy to just click over to it. So that's behavior that I know about myself. So the third kind of question or step here is to think about your current behavior versus your desired behavior. So we maybe you just started thinking about your current behavior. What is desired behavior for you? Like, do you want to be to a point where ads don't tempt you at all? You're going to look at an ad and you're just going to like glaze over and go to the next thing. Or you're going to see someone share a link for some shirt on Amazon and you're just going to like, it'll be so easy for you to click next. Or, you know, what is it? What's your desired behavior? Um, these are just some examples of desired behavior. I want to be able to go into Target and just buy what I need. <laughs> I want to be able to consume on social media, consume content on social media and say, nice for them, but I'm not really looking for that product right now. I want to be able to search for recommendations for a product that might actually help me and filter out the ones that would be excess in my life. Okay, so those are just some examples of like desired behavior on social media or wherever it is that you consume ads and see ads and hear ads. And then the fourth step is what are some action steps that you could take to get from your current behavior to your desired behavior? Okay, so we talked about our why. We thought about how do I behave when I see an ad or I see someone sharing a product on social media or I'm at Target, whatever. Um, and then current behavior 
what we just talked about versus the desired behavior. Now, how do we get from the current behavior to the desired behavior? Um, Just some questions that can help us get there. One, more things to know about yourself. Like, is there a time of month, emotional state, etc., that you are more likely to buy something? For me, I know that I could be an emotional buyer. So I have to be careful. Like, if I'm feeling bad about my body, if I'm having like a bad body image day, that is a state of mind for me where I would be more likely to impulse buy clothes that I do not need and that will not make me feel better about my body. I do not need them, right? That's not going to solve my problem. So just think about that. That's one thing to think about. Um, With that in mind or just with your habits in mind in general, there are some different ways that we can get from our current behavior to our desired behavior. Sometimes we need a detox of sorts. Um, Sometimes we need to change what content we're consuming. Sometimes we need to put some rules on ourselves. Or sometimes we need to do a challenge of some sort. There are a lot of different ways that we can do this. Um, I mean, even therapy. Like, if it's if it's bad, therapy can really help as well. So there, there's just so many things that we can do. Let me dive into some examples. Some of the more, like, detox versions of some actions that we can take. We could decide that we are going to stay out of stores that have online pickup, right? So Target is a really easy one to do online pickup. If Target is a bad place for you, if you impulse buy at Target, you can stay out of that store for as long as you need to, really, because you can do online pickup, Um, you know, shop online and get pickup. And I assume that most Targets do that. Um, I know that there are different stores in different areas of the world, but a lot of stores do that now. And like Walmart even does that too. I know that it can be a little bit more touchy. Like Target, it's always like two hours. Walmart, sometimes you're scheduling like a day in advance. But either way, how quickly do we actually need the things that we need, right? Sometimes I think we just need to slow down and ask ourselves that. A lot of times for me, it's groceries and I'm like, I need it now. But if I really, do I really? I I really don't need it now. Um, It's just like the idea that we can have access to it now through like delivery and pickup a lot of times that whenever we have to wait, it feels harder, which it really is not that bad. Okay. So with that said, those are that's one way. If we can just stay out of stores for a while, that might help us, right? Might help us to just kind of take us away from the thing that causes the habit. And then unfollowing people. Um, if your struggle is Instagram or wherever else that you follow people and you are seeing product recommendations and like automatically wanting to impulse buy them, uh, then unfollowing those people. And if you want to keep them, like keep their username somewhere on a note in your phone, if you don't want to lose that person, like if you enjoy following them, you don't want to forget what their username is, you know? So I know for me, sometimes I'm like, oh, but I actually do enjoy following them. But right now I need to unfollow them for a while. So I started doing that with some accounts if I don't want to forget who they are. Email is a big one. If email sales from like your favorite clothing store get you and they cause you to impulse buy, unsubscribe from those emails. Okay, so those are just some examples. Um, Sometimes we need that hard stop detox to really help us build more stamina and and change our habits and change our mindsets around stuff. And then we can go back in the stores and then we can re-follow that person. But 
maybe for you, that's not where you need to go with it. Um, Maybe exposure therapy would help in some way of just like letting yourself experience the ads, but changing the way you behave. Maybe you feel like you are able to do that. So some examples of ways that we can do that, allowing ourselves like online when we are shopping online, allowing ourselves to add to a cart, but only letting yourself check out on like a certain day of the week. So maybe you have an Amazon cart um, and you are saving for later or you see a store sale and you're like, oh, I really want to go and browse it. But nope, I'm not allowed to buy it on this day. I have to wait until Thursday. And if the sale is done by then and I don't actually need anything, then great. I didn't I didn't impulse buy. Right. Um, So we're talking today about times when we do not need things. There's going to be a time when you see a sale and you actually need an item that's not going to apply here, right? We're talking about impulse buying things we don't need. Just wanted to clarify that. But those are a couple of ways so far. Um, Adding to cart, saving for later, allowing yourself to only check out on certain days on an online cart. Because sometimes the pause is all we need to realize that we never really needed that item in the first place. It was just like the moment, the impulse of the moment that made us feel like we needed it. So another idea to like allow yourself exposure, but also change your habits in the process, allowing yourself to go into Target, but anything that you put in your cart that isn't on the list needs to go back before you leave. Like you are not allowed to leave that store with things that were not on your list. And for that, maybe you need like a spouse or a friend on board for accountability. You text them, you let them know, hey, I'm headed into Target and I am challenging myself to only buy what's on my list. And then you have to text them at the end and let them know what you did, right? So that's one way to do it. Um, Speaking of accountability, I don't remember who shared this idea with me first, but being accountable to a spouse, if you have one, for every purchase that you make and both of you doing that for each other, that's a great budgeting tip. Like there's a lot of memes out there about wives like hiding Amazon by boxes from their husbands uh, or like hiding the new purchases from Target. And that is toxic, right? That's not really behavior that's going to help us become a more conscious consumer. So maybe flipping that script and just saying, hey, this goes both ways, like you and your spouse or you and your partner or whoever it is, if you just want a different accountability partner. Um, But like a spouse, this would make sense to go both ways and say, hey, every purchase that we make, we're going to share with each other before we make the purchase. And we're going to have a conversation about it. Okay, so I know it's an extra step and it would add more time if you were in Target looking at something and thinking you want to impulse buy it. It would take some time to text someone about it, text your spouse about it and say, hey, I was going to make this purchase. What do you think? That would take time, but what's the whole purpose? The whole purpose is thinking before we buy. So to take that time, to take that extra step and text your spouse about it and have to discuss every excess purchase, not every single purchase you make, but every purchase that would be just like on a whim, just because you want it, just an impulse buy, something you don't need. To have to take that step to discuss it is gonna help us think before we buy. Now, the goal of this is not to say like for the rest of your life, that's what you're doing. The goal of this is to change our habits if we're struggling. So I'm not saying we should like overthink every single thing we buy ever. I'm just saying that if we do want habit change and if our goal is to 
have less impulse in the way that we spend our money and buy things, then that might be a good step to do for a while until we start changing our habits and and changing the way that an ad or the way that something pretty at Target has a hold on us. Okay, so with all that said, I actually struggle personally with rules I put on myself. If I give myself rules, I just, I don't like rules. I don't know. I'm not like a rule follower type of person. So, which is funny because I was definitely like also a people pleaser. Like I was not someone who was going to break rules in high school, but I'm also someone who's questioning authority. Okay, so <laughs> I... I don't like rules, even if I follow them. Um, if I put a rule on myself, even if I have like a deep why for that rule, sometimes I'm still not going to follow it. It's just like the concept of a rule. So while a challenge might feel similar to a rule and a challenge also has rules, for some reason, a challenge works better for me. I, I like challenges and challenges can be a really great way to help us detox our buying habits and increase our like, quote unquote, I don't need that right now muscle, increase our ability to say no to impulse purchases and say no to buying things we don't need. So one challenge that I love is to determine no buy items for a certain period of time. And I think I heard this first from Kat at Junkyard Journals because she had a challenge, I think, where she had like a yearly goal for herself to buy pretty much everything she could secondhand or to shop secondhand first for literally everything she possibly could. Um, I might be making this up or maybe I'm saying that wrong, but either way, she was the one who I got this like concept from. Um, and I'm pretty sure that that is something that she just like does as her typical stance in life now. But when she first did it, it was a challenge that she gave herself to have um, not buy anything before she looks if she can get it secondhand first. And I did some no buy challenges a couple of years ago. I did a challenge to buy no new clothes for an entire year. I did this in 2020. Um, it's memorable because of the year. But I had a no new clothes challenge. I was allowed to buy clothes secondhand if I needed them. But the goal was to buy less clothes in general. So no new clothes was my no buy item and my no buy challenge. So this is kind of like a spend a no spend challenge. And a no spend challenge is also a great way to curb the amount of stuff that we bring in our homes. But I like this because it's just it's almost like the opposite of a no spend challenge. No spend challenge is to say I'm not spending anything that is not budgeted for for a certain period of time. So it really is like just curbing your impulse spending. But I like the idea of having no buy items, whether you do it for a whole year or you do it for like a season. I like that idea because it can be more specific. So if you know that there are certain things that are your struggle, like if a reusable water bottle is something that you really like and you tend to buy more of them than you need, or if you, if clothes, like for me, clothes are one of the items that I know I can, if, I, if I'm in the wrong state of mind, I can impulse buy clothes. So whatever the item is that's hard for you to abstain from, that's hard for you to say no, or that's hard for you to think before you buy, maybe that's a no buy item for this entire year. Or maybe it's a no-buy item for until spring. I don't know. However you want to do it. And it's the idea that you are not going to buy that item. You're challenging yourself to not buy this item for a certain period of time. Really, the rules 
are very simple. And that's why I like it because it's just as simple as can be. It gives us a hard stop to say, I am capable of abstaining from this item because I don't actually need it for this period of time. I do not need a new one of whatever it is for a period of time. And I can, I am capable of abstaining from buying a new one of whatever that item is. As we do that, as we go through this challenge and as we see the thing we might have wanted to impulse buy in the past and we say, oh, just for now, like just for the next three months or just for this year, my answer is always no to buying a new one of that. We build up stamina. When we learn to pause before we buy something, we learn to even say no to buying that new thing. We realize we don't actually need it because we find other ways to get our happiness or dopamine or lasting joy, more lasting ways because it really doesn't come from buying that new item. So for me, one of my no-buy items this year, this whole year, is reusable water bottles because I do have that Stanley that I am disappointed by (laughs) because it spills everywhere. And I also, I got, um, it's almost like a version of the Stanley, similar design, but it is spill-proof and it's a different brand. Um, It's a hydro jug. So I got that for Christmas and I use it every day because it's reusable. I don't need a new reusable water bottle. And I will say that I'm less prone to impulse buying those than I used to be in the past. But cups, water bottles, tumblers, whatever, like we have enough of them. It's a no-buy item for me this year. So maybe a no-buy challenge would be a good challenge for you. Um, Maybe you list a few items that you're not going to buy this year. And that just gives you kind of a little entry into starting to say no to buy things that you would typically be tempted to buy impulsively in the past. I want to end this episode by just reminding you that, again, I'm not all or nothing on this. There are times when I benefit from an influencer and I'm looking for a certain product and their recommendation helped me find what I was looking for and find a good quality version of what I was looking for. But at the same time, we have to know ourselves. We have to be able to filter this world of influencing and ads and be able to take the power into our hands and say that I'm able to know when even if something looks nice, I don't need to have it right now. I can pause before I buy because really that's just the most effective method is to find a way for you to be able to pause before you buy whatever that is. And I hope this episode gave you ideas, whether it's no buy items for the year or having accountability or not going into stores for a while. I hope this episode gave you an idea or two to help. And I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed this conversation because this was a long one. And I know I talked about Stanley Cups and then I talked about influencers and then we really dug into habit change. If you enjoyed this episode, even though we were all over the place, I hope that you will share it with a friend, share it on Instagram, wherever you like to share things. I had fun with this episode. I had fun brainstorming it. I had fun talking with you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening in. And I will talk to you right back here again on the next episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. 
With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.